All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tooth Podcast. It is Sunday, October the 14th, 2018. And yes, a special Sunday edition of Southeast Tooth Podcast. Uh, we're going to do part two of the mailbag on Friday. Had some scheduling stuff come up. Uh, so decided to move it here to Sunday as we have a big week ahead in SEC basketball. And you guys have sent in a ton of questions this week. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into uh, the other questions in the mailbag and the first one is from at BJSpeedy86 on Twitter. He asks, do you think Tevin Mack will be the go-to player for Alabama or will be more of a committee scoring effort for the team? Well, there's no doubt that adding Tevin Mack is going to give Alabama uh, a very good score that's going to come in right away. Uh, they're going to turn to him for a lot of different things. I think on offense, his three-point percentages, uh, the 2016-17 season were good at Texas. I think they really like his versatility, um, and when you're having to replace someone like Colin Sexton, you want as many contributors as you can, guys that can score. Uh, you feel like on a consistent basis, uh, adding Kyra Lewis is going to help. I think he's going to score. Um, you know, he can finish the, the way that he can. He's just a great finisher, and in a lot of different areas on offense, the quickness that he has. Uh, but then you look around at the guys from last year, too, and you look at John Petty, you feel like his offensive game is going to take a step forward uh, if he continues to add more dimensions beyond just the three-point. Um, and, you know, he's got to shoot better on the road. I think last year in the SEC, he only shot 18.5% uh, from three on the road. So that's got to improve. Um, but you feel like John Petty's ready now, going from freshman to sophomore, to uh, take that step forward and be more of a go-to type of scorer. Uh, for Alabama, you know, and everywhere else. Dante Hall's going to score. You get Riley Norris back. He's someone that can add it. Dazon Ingram, uh, I think he's probably just looking at his versatility. You know what all he's going to bring to the table. Um, just needs that shooting consistency. You know he's going to be that that slasher type that, that can shoot if he needs to. He can get to the rim. So Alabama's got, I mean, they have a lot of capable scores on this team, uh, but there is no doubt that, that Tevin Mack is going to come in and really have an opportunity to uh, be a guy they turn to in really, you know, key situations. And so that gives them uh, a nice advantage because they do have these guys coming back. They have so many guys coming uh, back from last year that, that added a scoring threat. And I think that they just have a team uh, that's made up of different types of scores, and that's not a bad thing because you feel like you can go to, to certain guys in different situations. And so when I look at this Alabama team, uh, they've got the elements and the offensive consistency is the same thing we've been talking about for the past couple years now. Even with Colin Sexton there, uh, it's something that is still they're still trying to get beyond it um, because we know what we're going to get from them on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, you just want to see it on offense uh, for a 40-minute game, and I think this year they have options. Uh, and like I said, one player is not just going to replace what Colin Sexton did last year, and so. Now that they do have these options, uh, Tevin Mack is certainly one of those uh, near the top. And I think it's it's going to be fascinating to see how their offense evolves this year uh, with all these different pieces in place. Uh, but again, Alabama's a team that will be right there in the NCAA tournament picture, um, and Tevin Mack will be a big reason for that, I think. Next question is from at Tyler Crenshaw. I think uh, without the W in the username, uh, it is from Tyler Crenshaw, and he asks, 
Um, expectations for Florida. What will their biggest weakness be? Um, with the Gators, we've talked about the positives. Their team, I think, is going to shoot the ball really well. Um, they've got a lot of dynamic guards. Uh, Keith Stone, a very smooth front court type of player. They've got a lot of good offensive stuff. And I think, look at last year, um, you know, they, they were six nationally, I think, in turnovers per game last year. They averaged around 10, maybe a little under 10. Um, I think the biggest thing for them, I don't really fear what they're going to be able to do on offense. You feel pretty certain uh, that they're going to be able to keep up with teams if they get in an up-tempo type of game uh, where they have to score a lot of points. I think Florida's got the offensive firepower to do that. Um, But some of the things that, that you really have to look at, I think, beyond just the consistency problems that we saw last year I think that's something that that may be a question mark again you just want to see this team be very consistent uh, because we didn't see that last year we saw uh, the height when they were playing in the PK80 and how they played in those games but then you know kind of the drop off and they just had their ups and downs you want to see more consistency Uh, but on the defensive end of the floor they've been top 25 in Ken Palm I was looking this up uh, this offseason I think they've been top 25 in Ken Palm's defensive efficiency uh, category the past six seasons last year they finished 24th in that so this is a team I think that's kind of been underrated on the defensive end of the floor however what's going to help them probably more than anything is is being a a more physical team um, that's the thing that they've got to get better at and having that physicality inside uh, having that consistency not just you know in, in all the different areas of the game but especially like in the rebounding department uh, because you got so many athletic bigs now in the SEC, and you've got good guards that can rebound too in the SEC. And I think rebounding is something that I would look at with Florida. You want to see that consistency there, and that's where that physicality comes into play. Um, I think last year, I wrote this in my notes, they only attempted, I think, 19.8 free throws per game last year. I think that was the fourth lowest in the SEC. Um, so being physical, really not just on the defensive end, but also on the offensive end, not settling just for jump shots, um, having a chance to, to get into the lane, draw fouls, get to the line. I think that's what Florida's got to do uh, to take them, take them from, from really being maybe that fifth or sixth best team in the SEC, which this year is going to be a good place to be no matter what, um, to being in that SEC title picture. I think that's something they have to be able to do um, is be physical. They have to be able to go up against all these other teams uh, that have the physicality. You know, you look at a team like Tennessee – uh, who's not the biggest team in the country, but they play very physical. Even with um, you know guys that are more versatile that can play out on the wing, uh, they play a physical type of style, and you're going to see that at a lot of different places in the SEC. And so I think for Florida, that's the thing. You want to see their big guys get in there um, and go up and down uh, and be able to bang around with, with all these other players and get that rebounding that they need. Um, on really both ends of the court, you know, having the opportunity to get second chance opportunities um, will be big as well. So I think physicality, uh, consistency, those are the main things, I think, for the Gators this year, uh, for them to be able to uh, turn into a team that we can look at and say that can be an SEC type, SEC title type of contender. Um, but I, I don't really have that many question marks about this Florida team right now. I still think they're a, a top 25 caliber team. Um, and we've written about on the site, you know, Brad Cavallaro, our new writer, 
Uh, he wrote about Chase Johnson. I've talked about Chase Johnson. I think he's someone that's going to help. Seeing how Isaiah Stokes factors into the mix, both of those guys, I think, give them an element of that type of physicality, being able to rebound and stuff, to go along with Kavarius Hayes, uh, Keystone, guys like that. So um, Gators have options, and as long as they have that consistency, as long as they play uh, very physical on a night-in, night-out basis, I think they're going to be okay. Next up, a uh, <laughs> funny question. Uh, we'll throw it in here just to uh, break things up a little bit. It's from at Clements, Jalen, uh, C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S, uh, J-A-Y-L-O-N. Yes, has anyone ever told you that you look like Chuck Norris? Uh, Jalen, I don't remember anyone telling me that I look like Chuck Norris, but I will consider that one of the highest compliments a person can be given um, considering what we know about Chuck Norris. So, I do appreciate that, and um, I will, will continue to use that going forward. So I appreciate the question, Jalen. On to a more serious question, and that comes from uh, Kyle Robinson at 21KRob on Twitter. He asks, who makes the tourney? Uh, this is the question you'll get the most, but what about your projected seeds? And, uh, you know, Kyle, we talked about it on the part one. We kind of went through the teams and talked about kind of where – things would stay. It's it's hard for me as a non-bracketologist right now to project the seeds uh, for everyone, but I think if we look back at what we talked about on part one, the five teams that, that I said maybe right now have the most concerns about, if we take them out and we look at those other nine teams, uh, they feel like have a, a good shot to make the tournament. Um, teams that maybe I would be surprised if they're not in the NCAA tournament picture when, let's say, February, mid-February, early March rolls around, um, I would say that's probably Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, um, Mississippi State, LSU, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Florida, and Missouri. I think that was nine. I may have left someone out there. But um, I, I think that's probably the, the teams you're looking at. You're going to see in all the projections, SEC media days next week. You'll probably see those nine teams picked in those top nine spots. As I always say, at this point, I don't I don't know exactly where I'd put those teams. Um, my rankings will be out at some point before the season starts, but uh, you guys know I tend to take a little while on those because I really like to dive into these teams um, as much as I can. I'll get a lot more stuff at media day, but uh, I do think nine teams is kind of the expectation that I have right now. Um, uh, anything, you know, eight would not be a disappointment in my opinion, because going back to what I said before, uh, it wouldn't be disappointing just because you're going to see the SEC with a lot more higher seeds this year. I think you could see five or so teams, you know, have an opportunity to be in those top four seeds, top five seeds, whatever. Um, that, that's just the way it's going to be. So, uh, it's going to be a good seeding year for the SEC in the tournament after, uh, setting the record last year. Uh, so I don't have any doubts about that, that they're going to be in a good situation. You're going to have a lot of teams with a chance to, to advance, um, and that's all you can ask for, I think. you know, As a conference, you want to see teams not just get in the tournament. You want to see teams that can advance in the tournament. Uh, the SEC is going to be in a really good spot for that this year, and they're going to be uh, the conference that you're looking at going to the NCAA tournament, along with um, some of you know, the ACC, the Big 12, however you want to look at it, uh, that's really going to have a chance to, to make that march. I think, and half teams you feel like that can get to the Final Four. Another question comes from Brian O'Neill at O'Neill BP. Um, he asks, what is Auburn's ceiling this season? Well, when we consider, you know, Brian, that, that Auburn comes in, in my eyes, as a preseason top 10 team, 
Um, that, to me, says that you're talking about a team that can get to the Final Four and it has those types of um, you know, aspects, those facets that, that you can put together and make a run to a Final Four. NCAA tournament matchups mean more than anything, and so it's impossible to say that this is a surefire Final Four team. However, uh, when you look at it from that perspective, I think you compare Auburn to a lot of other teams around the country, you feel like on a night-in and night-out basis, uh, Auburn can play with anyone around the country just based on what they have coming back. I know uh, there was a little bit of disappointment that came out on Thursday uh, when uh, it came out talking about Austin Wiley. Uh, He was in a boot, but it sounds like at this point it's not anything serious. Um, May miss a little bit of time. Don't even know what that means at this point. So I don't. If I'm an Auburn fan, I would not kind of go out and fear the fear the worst. I would kind of just look at it and kind of wait and see how things do there. Um, you know, you're reading a story about it. Bruce Pearl commented on it, and you know, Wiley didn't work out at the pro day, um, and Bruce Pearl just kind of said it was sort of a precautionary thing. So uh, they're going to see what's going on with the foot. Uh, they don't think it's anything that's it's serious and hopefully it's not because as i've said i can't wait to see him on the court uh their playing style seeing them getting get up and down the floor with someone like him uh it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and so auburn ceiling is making i mean they can get to a final four in my eyes i think they have those those tendencies that you need you have a point guard like jared harper uh you have the shooting ability you have the big man now uh with wiley get purifoy back who's going to add that shooting element as well uh, just a lot of versatility on that roster, and that's something you want to have, not to mention the, the other big guys. Anthony McLemore's back. Horace Spencer's going to be rock solid as usual. So Auburn's got depth, and with that kind of depth, you can go a long way uh, in the NCAA tournament, and I think they're going to be, yet again, right there having a chance to win the SEC title this year. Um, and so the sky's the limit for, for a team like this because they, they do have all the different elements, even with what they lost from last year. Um, you want to make sure that defensive consistency is there because they made such huge strides last year on the defensive end of the floor when you consider where it was in previous years. Uh, so as long as that same type of mindset is there on the defensive end of the floor, they can score enough to keep up with anyone. I, I don't think there's uh, any going to be any problems there because they do have all the offensive weapons that they need. So uh, very, very good season ahead, I think, for the Tigers um, and very interested to make sure that, that Wiley's injury uh, he'll be ready to go, but that's not something you, you want to risk. You're not going to push too far. Uh, so we'll see what happens there uh, once we figure out more on what exactly uh, the extent of that injury is. So next up is uh, at Carrie Chimp, and he has uh, five questions, five very interesting questions, I guess, to say the least. Uh, I'm not going to answer all five. Uh, but if you just go through the list, uh, one is, does Kermit Davis punch an official this year? Uh, I'm feeling pretty confident in the fact that he will not punch an official this year. Um, so if you're someone uh, to the Bovada, my bookie, uh, whatever service you prefer out there, if you want to take that bet, should it ever come up somewhere, um, I feel pretty good about lending out uh, that particular advice for that question. So uh, we'll save. We'll save the other questions uh, for another time. But uh, moving on to the last question in this week's mailbag. It comes from at the dude of Ames, AMES on Twitter. 
He asks, does the SEC win the SEC Big 12 Challenge for a second year in a row? And he says to pick each game. Um, I think it's probably hard, Jeremy, right now to to pick each game uh, at this point because I think there, there are still some unknowns with some of these teams, and we probably have to get closer to those matchups. I think right now on paper it's just hard to, to pick those games because you don't know where teams are going to be at. Uh, at that stage of the season but when I went through and kind of looked at each matchup when when you just break it down on what we know right now um, yeah the SEC was very impressive last year in the challenge and it was huge uh, for the conference even if it is just one day of games and it's not something that is going to define your entire season but to have that type of performance the way they did last year uh, against a conference like the Big 12 uh, that is continually now at the top or, or near the top when we're talking about the best conferences in college basketball, uh, it was a good sign for, for the SEC. And I think this year, uh, matchup-wise, it looks a little bit tougher for the SEC uh, just based on when you look at some of these. Because I think if you look at the, the road games are obviously going to be uh, difficult. Florida's at TCU. Alabama's at Baylor. Uh, South Carolina's at Oklahoma State. Vanderbilt's at Oklahoma and Arkansas is at Texas Tech. So those are the five road games for the SEC. I mean, even a matchup like Vanderbilt at Oklahoma, we know what Oklahoma loses from last year. Trey Young's not there anymore, uh, but that's still a tough matchup. And I think even uh, games like, you know, South Carolina and Oklahoma State, that's tough. Arkansas, Texas Tech, that's tough. Uh, Florida and Alabama, both of those are tough games, uh, even if we project those teams to be in the NCAA tournament. They're still difficult road games. Um, and there's, you know, there's really no surprise at that. And now when you look at the home games for the SEC teams, Ole Miss hosts Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State's going to be much improved this year. Uh, Texas A&M hosts Kansas State. We're talking about a Kansas State team that really, you know, you looked at kind of the way they advanced last year and what they bring back. Uh, that's a really tough matchup for Texas A&M, even at home. Georgia's going to host Texas. I mean, Georgia, as we've said, kind of in rebuilding mode. Uh, still have a chance, I think, to be better than people think, but Texas is still a tough draw. Uh, and then you look at it, Tennessee's going to host West Virginia. Kentucky's going to host Kansas. We know what those two Big 12 schools are going to bring to the table. Those are the two you know, premier matchups in this challenge. Uh, so they could go either way. So it, it, it's not really a case of this year where the SEC is going to just look at the schedule and feel like, well, we're going to be able to win this thing for second year row because these are very tough matchups, I think, this year. Uh, I would not be surprised if we're looking at a, a 5-5 type right now. I think if I went through and just sort of said I had to absolutely pick what the record was going to be, um, I'll cop out and say it's going to be split just because uh, there are some tough matchups, I think, across the board for the SEC. Uh, but there's no doubt that it will once again be a very entertaining challenge, and it'll once again kind of showcase where some of these teams are at at that point in the season and kind of show us maybe, you know, of these Big 12 SEC teams, uh, who is really kind of geared up uh, for that run in March. So that'll do it for this week's mailbag. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, thanks for your guys' patience. Decided to put this one on Sunday instead of Friday as we gear up for a really fun week ahead Uh, For SEC basketball fans, SEC Media Day coming up. Uh, Also have the uh, preseason notebook post going up on Monday morning. So some of you probably, maybe, have already read that post before you listen to this podcast since it is coming out on Sunday night. Uh, But either way, there's a lot of great stuff in there for fans of all 14 schools. Uh, I tried to add a lot of variety in there, so there's something for everyone. 
Um, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it here. As we continue uh, to put things up over at southeastoops.com, I've got player previews going up. Always enjoy doing those. It kind of gives me uh, a better feel for some of these players, and I think it gives people an understanding of kind of what the expectations, what the roles are going to be for some of these players this year. And so we're going to try to crank out as many of those as possible before the season gets started. Uh, so be sure you go over to southeastoops.com, find all that. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Go over to iTunes, search for Southeast Hoops. That way you don't miss any of these episodes we have coming up. More great guests on the way. And as I said, uh, lots of great audio I'm going to try to get for you guys at SEC Media Day. So going to be a lot of fun. As always, big season ahead for the SEC. Uh, So be sure to subscribe to everything. Be sure you're going over to southeasthoops.com so you don't miss any of the stuff that we do have on the way. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.